Welcome to Locally Sourced Joey. It has been a hot minute since we've had an episode, but we're back because the NBA season technically tipped off last night, but really it starts tonight as all the teams are getting into action. I am very excited about it. Doubly excited because the Cubs are in the World Series. We'll forget about Game 1, get them back at Game 2 tonight. Felipe Yanez, my guest today uh, to chat NBA, is very upset as he is a Dodgers fan. And I do not apologize for the Cubs beating the Dodgers in the NLCS. But thanks for coming on. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, uh, the baseball is, uh, I'm a little, I'm very uh, heartbroken about that. But, you know, I'm, uh, I've always been a basketball guy, and I love basketball with all my heart and ball is life. I play and I'm really happy to be here to, to chit-chat some uh, National Basketball Association with you. Yes, very very excited about it. Last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers got their ring ceremony and then pounced on the New York Knickerbockers, winning by 29. And perhaps in an ironic twist, the Golden State Warriors, who the Cavs beat in the NBA Finals last year, they lost by 29 to the San Antonio Spurs. Is there a little bit of... Uh, conspiracy theory going on there probably not at all um wow conspiracy (laughs) well i wouldn't say a conspiracy i just think that uh i never put a lot of value in like the first two or three games of any team's regular season because i think it was a few years ago that philadelphia came off like a 11 win season and they started like two and one or something and they even beat cleveland and people were like, oh, Philadelphia's back. Michael Carter-Williams is the future. And Michael Carter-Williams uh, won Rookie of the Year, but now he's uh, being traded. And he's, I think he's on your team now, Joey. That, that is right? correct. He is on the Chicago Bulls as they continue to stockpile backcourt back talent that can't shoot at all. Uh, very happy to have him join Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and even Jimmy Butler, who also is not a very good three-point shooter. Hey, uh... That's, that just brings me joy because I, uh, I love a good uh, helpless trade for either team. But, like, back to the last night's games, um, I, I wouldn't put a lot of value into the Warriors' first loss of the season. But um, it's something to look at. Like, I don't think they lost, like, I don't even remember how they started the season last year. I thought it was something like 17-game winning streak. I think it was 24-0. So and uh, Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be uh, something that they're going to run into or, uh, in the season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see any twenty-four game winning streaks, but it it did look like they were they were pretty lackadaisical for most of the game, really. And and there was that one stretch at the end of the third quarter where the Spurs just had back to back steals uh, just on lazy yeah. inbound passes, and you know I think I think the Warriors definitely. I mean, I don't think at this point they're playing with a chip on their shoulder because they have made two straight finals, you know, and they're, they know they're kind of like the villains, but they're still sort of playing in that sort of, hey, we're better than everyone mentality. And, and good teams like the Spurs can take advantage of it. We'll have to see if a team can do it for four out of seven games in the playoffs. But for one night, at least, the Spurs showing the, the perfect recipe of how to beat the Warriors. Yeah, it, I, it was fun for me to see because I was... I like the little Cinderella story that the Warriors were having a few seasons back, but like you said, they are definitely—they're definitely the villains, and nobody wants to see um, this juggernaut just 
steamroll teams by 23 every night. So that's why I really got a kick out of uh, you, you can't you can't judge uh, Popovich's coaching ever. You can't question his coaching ever, and he's always going to throw uh, a little wrench at anybody's uh, plans, and that includes the Warriors in their uh, trip to the to the finals if if they make it. If I still think they will. Yeah, I think I I agree with you there. I we'll we'll get into our East and West predictions uh, in just a moment, but wanted to. Just touch on the the fact that this was the first time since 1997 the Spurs were playing without Tim Duncan. And I know Popovich said it was a little weird out there having, you know, because Duncan's always the calming presence, and to not have that, uh, it's it's got to be a little weird, you know, being on that Spurs bench and not seeing Timmy D over there. I think if you're just a, if you're a fan or player, a coach, just seeing all the talent that basically ran the NBA for the last decade and a half not show up. I mean, as a big Lakers fan, I love me the Lakers. Like, it's going to be weird not seeing a 24 out there. So, I think, yeah, same with Tim Duncan. Like, the the thing with the Spurs, though, is they've always been able to build their team together where they don't have to have any one star dominate the team and get all the statistics. So, I wasn't too surprised that we saw a lot of uh, – like we saw a little bit of Kyle Anderson in there. Um, what's the guy's name? Jonathan Simmons with the with the big old slam at the end. Like I think we saw uh, we saw the depth of the Spurs team, and that's always been their strength. I think that's gonna make them a really tough out in the playoffs. Like every uh, like it is every year, even without Tim Duncan. Absolutely. And don't and 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 uh, don't count out uh, Lamarcus Aldridge just staying with the team. And uh, being dominant, because that's a phenomenal player. Like, I, I know, and even in 2K, like, it's nice to get, like, nice little 24 points, little <laughs> mid-range game with uh, Marcus Aldridge right there. Absolutely, the art of the mid-range jumper. I'm glad you mentioned Jonathan Simmons as well. I've been to some Austin Spurs, formerly the Austin Toros, the D-League team, and uh, yeah. a couple of those games, and, <laughs> and Jay Simmons is almost always the leading scorer in the games I've seen, so I'm glad he's getting some run in the... The NBA. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Loving it. And so you you hinted that perhaps the Spurs could give the Warriors a little trouble out west come playoff time. Do you think the Warriors are still making it to their third straight finals? Um, I mean, Kevin, I mean Kevin Durant. Like, they yeah, they got they were the best team. They broke the Bulls' record for wins in a season, and then you add. Uh, the MVP from two seasons ago, a guy who could put up 48, 52 any given night. I just don't see, um, like, how they – I think I, – I actually do think that maybe they're not as better because they did lose a lot of bench guys now that I think about it. They don't have Maurice Spade, uh, Barbosa. Um, they, I mean, they lost Bogut and Barnes, of course, but – they don't seem like they're big names on paper, but those are like a lot of the little gritty meat and potatoes kind of players that know how to win and know how to um, um, play well as a team. And when you add like a big individual like that, it's, it's maybe not going to work together, work as well as everybody thinks it is. I like to point out to the Lakers from 2003, 2004, picked up Carl Malone, Gary Payton, two future or two current Hall of Famers, and we didn't win. 
and we lost to the finals, and we got our butts kicked in the finals by the Pistons. So um, if you really look into it, like it might not be as easy as a path to the to the finals. But I'm still going to say Warriors over Spurs in seven in the conference finals, and I'll say Warriors. I'll save that East pick for a minute. I'll save it. I'll save it. But I'll say that they'll probably beat the Spurs in seven. Yes, I would. I would love to see a Warriors Spurs conference finals. Hopefully, it's not one of those weird situations where somehow they're like the two and the three seed, and then they're playing each other in the conference semifinals. And uh, that it seems to happen every oh, couple of years, where it's just like clearly the best matchup of the playoffs, and it's the second round. Um, so hopefully, nothing like that happens. Is there any other team in the West that could? potentially challenge them. I know some people say the Clippers, but I just can't see it. I, like Even if they're healthy, I feel like they're just not a great matchup for the Warriors. And anyone who said the Clippers could beat the Warriors, their their main reasoning is they don't like the Warriors. Like, they have a long-standing rivalry with them from, you know, five, yeah. six past years in the playoffs. And that this is it. Like, if they don't win this year, they blow it up. And you know, that's been the case in many playoff series, and I don't think those are legitimate reasons why a team could win four games. But do you see the Clippers or, or any other West team having a shot at knocking off the Warriors? Um. Well, if you look at last season, like, it was all about the Rockets. Or uh, last couple of seasons, the Rockets were, I mean, they were, I feel like they were the last team to really give them a good shot. But now it's just, I really think it's just the Spurs-Warriors league to lose. Um, I will give, like, a brief shout-out. I mean, this is why it's kind of like an advantage to do it the day after the first day of the season because you've got to see a good a little bit of uh, Damian Lillard in the Blazers. Yes. Um, make a, make a great, uh, great first appearance on the, on the first night of the NBA, and I guy can never count out the Blazers, man. Like that, Damian Lillard, I think he, he's a really tough contender. And um, I, I think that will be another semi where um, they might have to play seven games to knock out the Blazers, either the Spurs or Warriors in the playoffs. Yeah, that playoff series last year with Lillard and CJ McCollum just going off. I know it only went to five games against the Warriors, but they... I mean, they showed they can they can hang with them in a shootout. It's just a matter of getting you know those crucial stops down the down the line that I think would probably be the Blazers' uh, downfall. But I don't think any team wants to play with them because they have to be prepared to run and, and get caught up in a shootout because they can definitely do that. Yeah, the war, the Blazers have one maybe two dudes that could really hit a lot of hit a lot of uh, threes with the Warriors, but you got to think almost every starter on the Warriors hit the three-pointer maybe even JaVale McGee I don't know you haven't seen it yet JaVale would probably he'd probably be throwing an alley-oop from behind the three-point line and it would just go in yeah and it would accidentally go in maybe very impressive well so Warriors Spurs are the are the distinct favorites in the in the west so moving over to the east is it the same kind of deal where we basically have one team maybe a second team It, it seems like it's Cleveland's once again it's LeBron's finals to to give away well i was kind of bummed out about how pat riley and the and the miami Heat kind of handled not only just chris bosh and his health situation but this is a guy in Dwayne wade that you drafted and he spent 
over a decade with the team, won championships with your team, and you let him leave. And that was actually, I really saw the Heat as a really scrappy contender to um, battle with the Cavaliers. Um, but I don't. I definitely think they lost that edge now. In fact, I could see the Heat maybe like scraping for a playoff spot, getting maybe a seventh or eighth, uh, eighth seed. Um, but other contenders, uh, I think the Bulls, uh, I, I, a lot of people forget how close the Bulls were to knocking out Cleveland from last year's playoffs. They were two crazy shots away from um, beating the Cavaliers in six games. Uh, so I, I don't think you could really count out the Bulls. I would say the Bulls are probably one of their best contenders. Um I don't know if I still don't think the Raptors are really ready for uh, to make that big leap in the playoffs. Like uh, Demar Derozan just got a big contract. I gotta see if he's hungry enough to take his team to the playoffs. Those are the three main, the two main teams I see competing with the Cavs. So I'd say the Bulls though and the Raptors. Uh, as a Bulls fan, I admire your optimism. I think this is a I'll, I'll give them 43 win max team. I just don't, I, I don't see it. I don't think the pieces they added, I mean, a 35, I think he's turning 35 this season, year old Dwayne Wade, uh, Rajon Rondo in the backcourt. He's also over 30. They said they wanted to get younger, more athletic, and uh, they, they instead got older and got a lot of headstrong guys that need the uh, the ball in their hands a lot. And uh, it's it's going to be an interesting mishmash of uh, of players. They lost Powell, they lost Joe Kim Noah, they lost Derrick Rose. Who, at this point, many Bulls fans would probably say those last two aren't really big losses. But they, <laughs> yeah, sure. they, yeah, they played more critical parts in the uh, in that playoff series a couple years ago. Uh, and then last year, it didn't even make the playoffs. So I think uh, I yeah. think it'll be another season of uh, mediocrity. Maybe they'll sneak in as an eight seed there. My team to contend. Uh, with the Cavs in the East, although I do think Cleveland is going to make it to the finals. Uh, I really like the Indiana Pacers chance because your boy from Palmdale. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm, Paul I'm George. glad you brought up the Pacers. Those are, that's another good team. Keep going. I, w- I want to hear what you're saying about my boy. I think this could, I mean, they could very easily win like 37 games, but I think Paul George is a superstar and could also lead them to, you know, 50, 55 wins which is good enough for second or third in the East most seasons. So, uh, you know, despite the fact that the East actually had better records in the playoffs last year than the West for the first time in, what, like 10 years? Uh, It was just very impressive. Um, And and the Pacers, I mean, they were the seventh seed last year. They took the Raptors to seven games. If Solomon Hill makes that three-pointer two-tenths of a second earlier in game five, Pacers probably win it in game six. And I... you know, then then anything goes there because they would have been playing the Heat, and that's always a, a good rivalry there, the Pacers and the Heat. And so, it's uh, I I think the additions they made getting Jeff Teague is is a good thing. I I like Al Jefferson coming off the bench because I think as a starter he's solid, but I think on the bench playing with mostly second units, I think he'll be he'll be very strong in the post. Even though he's really the complete opposite of what the modern NBA has become. But I think having a guy like that is helpful. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it, how it all works together. But I think George is good enough to, to lead the Pacers to some, 
some good playoff success. I agree. I agree. They also got. I just see they got a new coach, Nate McMillan. Do you think that will have any uh, effect on the Pacers? I do. I think. I think Nate McMillan's a good coach. I think Frank Vogel's a good coach as well. And so it's. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting how they change with that. I was kind of surprised they fired Frank Vogel after this past season, since he's consistently gotten them to the playoffs. But Larry Bird wanted to try something new, so they will go for it. And speaking of good coaching, another team that I think could possibly deal with the Cavs, the Boston Celtics, who have Brad Stevens, who's got to be one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's definitely a player's coach. The players seem to respond to him, and the Celtics, even though they picked up Al Horford, not sure if they really have a star on their team, but they have a great core of guys, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, all those good guys that'll you know give you some solid minutes and and I think Thomas can drop 40 in a night sure why not I think I think I could definitely see Boston making a uh making a dent in uh, a lot of these other teams' uh, win totals um Boston I, I can you win though without a without having that big star I I just feel like this is a league where every team has one or two of those dudes that bring the fans to their seats, put up all the points. Um, and I just, who, who's it going to be for Boston? I mean, that, that, there's a lot of just good players. And you saw that in, when they had to wave uh, R.J. Hunter, um, who I still think is a pretty good player. But these, uh, I, I think there's a lot of parity on that team, and uh, I think they need an alpha dog on their team to come through. I'm not, I'm not sure Isaiah Thomas is it, so... I can't put enough uh, as much value in the Celtics as you. Oh, I mean, I don't think they'll beat the Cavs, but I think they'll they'll be. I mean, they'll definitely sure. make the conference semifinals. I think they're they're making it out of the first round this year. But it, yeah, it's it's it is tough to win. And and going back to those o three o four Lakers, the team they played against the Pistons, I think are kind of the blueprint of the past twenty years for a team that maybe didn't necessarily have a superstar. But even that, I'd say both Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton were guys that you felt comfortable with taking the last shot in a close game. And I don't know if, if yeah. the Celtics have that. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is probably that guy, but do you really want that guy to be a 5'9 guy? What if, you know, LeBron switches on him, then he's having to shoot almost a foot over someone just to, to yeah. get a shot off? Very it's, true. It's tough. It's tough. And uh, you, you also segue kind of nicely into surprise teams. Uh, mentioning Frank Vogel going to the Magic, who I have, despite the fact they signed about 19 power forwards this offseason, uh, I think they are going to be an intriguing team, and I think Frank Vogel is a good fit for that. Uh, my biggest worry with them is how they're going to score, but defensively, I think they're going to be maybe the best team in the league in, in limiting points and high-quality shots. Oh, yeah, I think... Just uh, the Ibaka pickup was was uh, really solid for their interior, and they already and uh, Bismack Biyombo. These these guys are are just really they're they're borderline all stars, and I think um, it was it was tough seeing them trade uh, Oladipo. Um, I think that guy's going to blow up with the Thunder. I think he's going to fit in just nicely with um, Russell Westbrook, but. Um, I could see Orlando contending for a playoff spot this year. So I, I definitely could see um, 
them making a playoff run and them being a big surprise team. Uh, I'm looking at the rest of these teams. I guess you could always say you never know what Charlotte's going to throw out there. Um, I mean, they... I, I could see them. I could see them being a, a, a tough team. Um, we'll see if um, Michael Cage Gilchrist could bounce back from his injury. But as far as teams in the East, I feel like most of the big name teams that you see um, uh, making the playoffs and making the most noise and being the most fun to watch, it's going to be them that main core at the top. Those top four teams at the top. Um, even though the Knicks lost, I still see the Knicks probably being a playoff team um, in the East. Um, and maybe maybe Milwaukee. You never know if Andet uh, Gumpo is going to make a bigger <laughs> jump than the season before. Excellent pronunciation. So, um, oh, yeah, I got the name down perfectly. Um, I think mo- more of the surprise teams are going to come out of the West, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to say my big... Big jumper has got to be Minnesota just because uh, you got to say that these these second-year, third-year players are going to make a big leap. Um, and I definitely think they'll probably pick up maybe an eighth or seventh seed. Um, what what West squads do you think are going to be uh, uh, more surprising than people than people think. Well, I want I want to believe surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Yeah, I want to believe in the Timberwolves, but it, it seems like every year it's like this is the year they finally make it. You know, as an eight or seven seed, and I want to say again this is the year, but I I'm gonna hold off because I want to see it happen. But with Carl Anthony Towns, who's already looks like he's gonna be a perennial All Star, and he's just his second year, and then Andrew Wiggins, who was Rookie of the Year the year before that. And Chris Dunn, who's my favorite player in this draft, who might not even be starting uh, to start the season, but yeah. I'm sure Rubio is either going to be gone or, or sent to the bench pretty quickly. Um, and then Tom yeah. Thibodeau is coach, who I like from my Bulls days, even though he probably plays his players too many minutes, but he, he was great at getting you know the most out of his players. And I, I think minnesota will be i'm kind of talking myself into them again like i always do getting suckered uh so maybe, maybe they'll sneak in i don't know but i'm looking at uh, a couple other teams i think tops is someone who played yesterday as well the utah jazz who are yeah. missing gordon hayward for about the first 10 games or so but they're they're deep enough that i think they're just gonna, they're gonna be just fine without him even though they did lose their first game I really liked seeing Joe Johnson scoring more points oh, yeah. in his first game oh, yeah. than Millie. Yeah, that was yeah. One of the sneakier uh, free agency signings this season. Oh, it was great. He scored more points than he signed millions of dollars for. So each point was <laughs> worth less than a million dollars just in one game. Very impressive exactly. thus far. But yeah, I think he's going to be a great veteran presence on that team. Who he, despite being on a, some terrible Nets teams. He did make the playoffs quite often, so he's got that playoff experience, uh, even dating back to his days on the Suns, which I'm very sad that team got blown up before before its time with Amari and All Steve Nash and Sean Marion. I know, but it didn't have to be so soon. It's, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. And then another surprising team on the disappointing end, I think the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been a staple in the playoffs as one of those tough-out teams that you know typically makes it to the semifinals, but... Only made it to the conference finals one year and then got swept by the Spurs. Um, and uh, I think this is the end of the road for Gasol and Randolph and 
uh, trick or treat Tony, Mike Conley. Um, despite Conley getting his huge contract, I don't think that's gonna, you know, add any extra motivation to him. I think it he'll still be you know a solid point guard, but they just keep getting hit by the injury bug, and the West is getting better. And I think they've just kind of maintained the same sort of stagnant, like good but not good enough to ever make yeah. the finals level. I would compare them to those uh, those Nuggets teams with uh, Carmelo and. Um, J.R. Smith and Iverson on them that would make the conference finals, or they would always be uh, win their division. But they're the Grizzlies. Uh, the the time's running out on them. I think they were. I believe they might have been another one of those teams that are dealing with a new coach this year. So I um, I think they're going to have uh, a lot of trouble just as the the West gets younger and healthier. Um, I'll, I I want to just give an honorable mention though to the Phoenix Suns too because I just think Devin Booker is going to be one of the next true great superstars in the NBA and um, he might not have they he might not have a good uh, supporting cast around him to make the playoffs but I think that's going to be a team that uh, a lot of NBA fans are going to want to keep an eye on definitely the Suns and the Nuggets are two of my top league pass teams because uh, I oh, think yeah, they are just going to be fun to watch. Jokic. Yeah, yeah, Jokic and Moody. I think it's just going to be great to watch. I mean, they're not obviously not playing each other for 82 games, but try and watch as many Nuggets Suns games as you can. Because I think those games in particular will be fantastic and and very exciting. And I I also just learned um, going back to your Timberwolves that they're playing on Christmas Day this year. So the NBA believing in them, believing in the star power of. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and getting some national love on Christmas Day. I don't know if I ever remember the Timberwolves playing on Christmas. So it's a it's a miracle. oh I know it's a, it's it's nice just because uh, the, the the world the country needs to see the world needs to see a lot of these really young talents and who's going to start these are the guys in there that are going to have to start carrying the NBA now that Kobe and KG and. Uh, Tim Duncan and um, Elton Brand are all. Oh no, Elton! Yeah. So this brings the the Elton Brand is a good uh, a good thing. I asked this on Reddit. I think maybe two years ago when I saw Elton Brand shooting a free throw during a playoff game, and okay. uh, it's what NBA player are you surprised is still in the league? And at the time, most of the answers were Nazi Muhammad or Hito Turkoglu. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I believe Turkoglu has since retired, but I'm pretty sure Mah- Nazi Muhammad still. Still kicking it on my balls. Yeah, uh, well, I thought he was on the Thunder for a little bit, so he's... He, you know what? That's, that's good for him. That's all I gotta say. Good for him. <laughs> Do you have anyone else that you saw is still playing and you're just kind of like, huh, amazing? Um, I heard, uh, I heard Andre Miller remains unsigned. And, um... I want that to change. I want one of these, uh, one of these um, borderline playoff contenders, maybe like the Raptors or um, uh, I don't know, the Clippers or the Rockets or someone to give them a nice uh, contract, a little contract at the end of the season, and uh, maybe get him that ring that has so eluded him. I don't think he's won a ring before. Um, uh, other players that I would say uh, the Lakers. Um, kept Meta World Peace on their uh, roster. 
And to be honest, I, I think it's time for him, for him to hang it up. I mean, a lot of these veteran guys, I mean, you can only put so much value in veteran leadership in the locker room. So I think uh, that for now, I think Meta is on the, the block of the guy that's like, oh, uh, you're still in the league. <laughs> um, you could say that about a lot of the Lakers, too. Like, um, well, John Leon uh, just got cut. Uh, so that's another one of them. Ah. Um, but like Huertas, he's uh, he's very flashy, but he he's like if Steve Nash was even worse at defense. So uh, Steve uh, Huertas is one of those dudes. Um, I know Anthony Bennett got another contract from the Nets this year, so his time's running well, he just, out. He, um, he was the first. When was he the lot. first pick? Like four I, years I don't know ago. If <laughs> Otto Porter's been really making a jump, but uh, Otto Porter might be one of those dudes. Um, but yeah, I'll say Anthony Bennett, like, yo man, you got to work. Like your time is running out right now. You were a number one pick and you're at least all of what Condi was getting rebounds every now and then, you know? <laughs> I mean, Anthony Bennett's what, like 24? Like he's still, he's still got time, right? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Sure. <laughs> maybe uh, I don't know. And you never know with the Nets. I mean, I mean, Jeremy Lin is getting big time minutes this season, so. Um, you never know who they can make a star out of. They're still going to be the Nets, though. Oh, they're going to be dreadful, dreadful team. But let's let's move away from the depressing and uh, look at bounce-back players. Who's going to have a good year this year who kind of sucked it up last year? Uh, that's a really tough one. Um, <clears throat> I would say, uh, well... I don't know if you could really call it a bounce back, but Blake Griffin missed a lot of time. That's mine. That's my answer. And so I yes. Think, <laughs> and I think he's going to need to uh, be at least back to where he was before um, to be a real um, to influence the Clippers' uh, um, title chances. I don't think they're going to win, but I think if Blake Griffin has like a bounce back year. Um, I don't know who I'm trying to think some of these like six man kind of level players that, um, you know, maybe were a starter last year and got relegated to the bench. There was a lot of injuries. So I'd say any one of those injury and hurt guys, like maybe Damari Carroll, he, he might need to have a bounce back here. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the times, I mean, and this, this goes back to like the most improved player award every year. It seems like it's typically someone who was hurt or just, you know, in a, in a lesser role last year so you look at someone like i mean maybe brandon jennings on the buck or on the knicks um to uh you know if he overtakes derrick rose at some point he can i think he's still capable of putting up pretty solid minutes in a in a starter's role but i had blake griffin as well as long as he doesn't punch any equipment managers i think he'll be <laughs> all right i just always always a risk i know in la you'll you'll be walking down and those those guys will come at you, and you gotta you gotta defend yourself sometimes. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think you could even say Anthony Davis last year again because of all the the injuries that he went through, and he missed out on. This was one of my favorite, uh, you know, sad contract stories last year. Was he missed out on an extra? What was it? Twenty three million dollars, I think, um, because he oh, didn't yeah. he didn't make an All yeah. NBA team two out of his his three years, or or an All Star. There are a whole bunch of different stipulations, but. Because because of some of his injuries, he didn't play a, a certain threshold of games, and he didn't uh, reach a certain level of of quality uh, NBA accolades. So 
he could he could bounce back this year too and maybe push the Pelicans into one of those surprising teams and sneak in as an eight seed. There's I mean, there's so many teams out west that I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs. And then, yeah, I want to. Uh, I just want to touch on the Mavericks real quick, just because we haven't really talked much about them. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, you got to wonder, like, is, does he have one? Is this his last year? Does he have three more years? Um, who knows? So someone's got to pick up the slack for Dirk when he's resting on the bench, and I could see Dwight Powell be, being one of those uh, one of those guys that could uh, potentially um, be a most improved player candidate. These are just guys that I've that I've seen in past seasons that uh, I, I like these athletic uh, young guys that are up and coming that could really uh, um, be dunk contest contenders. So um, I just want to give a shout out to Dwight Powell. Absolutely. Shout out to Dwight Powell. <laughs> we'll be keeping our eyes. I mean, Dallas really has nobody. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely a, a solid selection. A lot of the times, that's what it is. You get that extended opportunity, and boom, bounce back, improve. And on the topic of these young guys, Rookie of the Year candidates, who do you got for the 2016-2017 Rookie of the Year? Ooh, you know, I I mean, my all right, my two main guys are going to be, as a Laker fan, I, I got to see Brandon Ingram, I, even though he's... Uh, going to be coming off the bench. I, I could definitely see him making his way to the starting lineup by the end of the season. But um, you uh, talked about him earlier before, and uh, Chris Dunn, I think, is going to be a stud in the lead, league. And uh, I could see him being like a John Wall, maybe even faster, just because he's uh, maybe like a little uh, the same height or a little shorter than him. Uh, so I, I'm going to have to say it. Uh, not, I'm gonna say Chris Dunn by a, a close, uh, a close um, margin. But I, um, I want to give a shout out to Marquise Chris. I don't really get to see a lot of these first round guys play in college. I mean, you have the big names like uh, your Bulls is uh, Denzel Valentine and uh, players like that. Shout out but, to um, Michigan State for ruining my bracket Marquise. this past year. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, but um, I got to see Marquise Chris and the. Uh, in the NIT, I believe, against uh, San Diego State. And him and De- DeJounte Murray, who's on the Spurs, and they got a steal in the, with the 29th pick. Agreed. Picking up DeJounte Murray. Uh, those two dudes are freak athletes. And Marquise Chris especially, I, I think putting him on the Suns is a nice compliment to Devin Booker. So I'm going to say Marquise Chris is uh, an all-rookie first-team uh, member this year. I like it. I like it. I, I would also say Chris Dunn is going to be my pick. I, you know, the past two Rookie of the Years have also been from the Timberwolves, so this seems like an award where you don't necessarily need to have a winning record uh, to be, you know, to be considered for it. Um, and so I think that definitely helps, obviously, a lot of the first-round picks uh, or the, the lottery picks because I don't think a lot of those teams will will make significant jumps. Um, but I, I do think Chris Dunn will help the Timberwolves be right on that fringe of the playoffs. I'll also give a shout-out to my boy, who almost has the same name as me, Buddy Heald, uh, playing for the Pelicans, <laughs> pretty much the only shooter on that team. And with Anthony Davis clogging the lane, if he stays healthy, Buddy Heald's going to get like 300 open threes. 
I feel confident he can make at least 130 of them. And so I, I think he'll, he'll have a good outside shot. Pun absolutely intended there. And here's the dark horse from the 2014 NBA draft. Joel Embiid, who has not yet oh, played a game okay. in the NBA because he keeps getting hurt. And in preseason, he's looked fantastic. And you're like, oh, this is actually, you know, this, is, this makes sense why he was a number three draft pick a couple years ago. And with Ben Simmons out, he's going to get the opportunity to kind of be the, you know, the focal point of the offense there. And I am kind of terrified that he has not played against even college-level competition in three years. Um, so he might have trouble adjusting the pace of the NBA. But, hey, you never know. He's looked all right in the preseason. And if he can do what he has not been able to do so far and stay healthy, dark horse. I feel like you have to play at least uh, 42 games to, to be eligible for Rookie of the Year or All-Rookie First Team. So we'll see if he could even play half the season before. I really don't want to give Joel Embiid any credit because he's screaming Greg Oden. To oh, I know. So many different I know. I don't, but, um, I don't I feel confident at all. I want to throw pick, a but... name out there, and I got two questions for you about this character. All right. Bond Maker. How old is he, and <laughs> is he going to make a difference on the Bucks? Uh, twenty-seven, and I think I think he can. Uh, it would be nice if he put a little weight on to be physical with uh, some of the uh, big men that he's going to be required to guard. I think with uh, Chris Middleton being out for an extended period of time, I know they don't really play the same position, but I think there's going to be minutes for Thon because of that. Uh, yeah. So I, I think he'll he'll definitely have an opportunity. Um, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I think I, I can't tell if he's going to be a you know a good stats on a bad team kind of guy or if he'll yeah. he'll make a, a noticeable difference. Some of these guys got to shine through for the Bucks, so we'll see if the Bucks have a chance this year. We shall, we shall. And that seems like a perfect segue. I'm just all about these, you know, forcing these segues. So the top three of <laughs> your top three crazy predictions for this upcoming NBA season. Okay. Um, I wouldn't call this first one too crazy, but I think this year's MVP is going to be a first-time MVP. And by when I mean that, I say it's either going to probably be um, Russell Westbrook, I think, is going to be out here putting all of his heart in every game. And uh, Damian Lillard, uh, I think the last night was a perfect example that this guy is capable of doing some of the craziest things that, I don't know, you've seen him shoot before. So I could see this one of those players getting their uh, first-time MVP um, my number two crazy prediction is going to be that somebody from the Clippers, a big name from the Clippers, is going to get traded in the offseason. And I can see that being either Blake Griffin or um, one of these uh, lesser con- uh, sized candidates. I don't think they're going to really part with Chris Paul. I think that's the, your face of the franchise right there. But I could see the Clippers... Uh, taking a big step back this year. I'm not saying this just because I'm a Lakers fan, <laughs> uh, but I say uh, the Clippers are going to, they're going to regress 
and they're gonna someone's gonna make a big shakeup on that team uh, before the trade deadline. And then my third crazy prediction is going to oh wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna I wanna hear at least two of your crazy predictions before I think of my third one, Joe. Excellent, yeah, we... putting me on the spot. It's great. Well, you you teased it nicely with Russell Westbrook. I think he's gonna have thirty triple doubles this year. He's literally yeah. the only guy in OKC that can rebound and assist at a rate that's just about as good as his scoring. He had 18 last year, and that was with Kevin Durant. And there were numerous times where Kevin Durant would be ISO on one side, and you could see Westbrook was just kind of disengaged on the other side because he knew he wasn't getting the ball back. Uh, and, and I think he'll be a lot more involved in the offense this year, even more so than he was last year. He's gonna have like he's gonna have like a forty five percent usage rate, and, and most of those I think would end in either shots or assists. He might also have four turnovers a game, but hey, if you're if you're getting thirty ten and ten every night, I think uh, I think it'll be good. I don't think he'll come quite as uh, close as Oscar Robertson is averaging a triple double for a full year, but it's gonna be. I can, a I can definitely see like a twenty eight eight and eight kind of night every night from from Russ. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be glorious. And then the second one, I honestly don't know if this is a crazy prediction because I don't know how many there were last year, but I'm predicting five separate 50-point games this year. I Because I, I don't think there have been more than two or three in a season. Um, I, don't, I don't I can't even remember the last time there were more than two, to be honest. It might have even been last year. I don't know. But if Tony Delk can get a 50-point game in his career... I think any number of the scorers uh, this year can get it. I'm not going to make predictions on who the five are, although I guess that would be extra crazy. I think Damian Lillard's certainly capable of it. Uh, But I think one will be kind of a surprise. I think uh, maybe Bogdanovich on the the Nets. He had a 44-point game last year. Um, and I think, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a, a vintage, um, maybe even like Kobe getting his 60 in his final game. Is oh, I love it. A vintage player that's like any, 35, any yeah. bench player in the NBA gets 60. Oh, that would be great. Like a Jamal that's Crawford, Jamal maybe. Crawford. Oh, that's not Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I think Jamal Crawford's the most likely to get it, but yeah, we could have we could have someone else. Maybe maybe Harden gets it on a, you know, 30 for 30 free throws and only shoots six sure. field goals, yeah. Uh, and then I will defer to you for your third crazy prediction, and then I'll give my third one. Uh, I'm going to go even crazier on my uh, final prediction. Instead of 50-point uh, games, I'm going to say we're going to see the first uh, quadruple double since uh, it was, I, I want to say, either David Robinson or Hakeem was the last one in the 90s. But I'm saying we're going we're gonna to see our first trip quadruple double and if it's not LeBron James, I'm going to say don't be surprised to see a player like Hassan Whiteside Ooh. on the Miami Heat. Somebody's got to get these stats on this team. And uh, I know he had a lot of uh, – I believe he might have had a 10-block game last season, maybe even 11. But uh, he's a guy that's very capable of getting eight, nine blocks a game. And uh, it actually might be the assist that will be the toughest for him. But uh, – Somebody's got to move the ball around. I don't think I think this Heat team is gonna take the biggest step back uh, in the season. I guess this is, that's a little bonus prediction, but Ooh. I could see the Heat uh, 
falling out of the playoffs. Uh, I don't, did they even make the playoffs last year? I'm, I, I kind of forgot. They did. They made um, the, the second round as a three seed. That's right. That's right. Um, but I could see them missing the playoffs completely this year. But quadruple double, it's going to happen on a really on a random January, uh, uh, maybe on Martin Luther King Day. We'll say on Martin Luther King Day if the Heat play on that day. That's on white side. Quadruple double. There you go. That is terrific. I think that's probably better than my last prediction, which I'm going to make it a homer prediction uh, okay. with the Chicago Bulls. And no, it's not that they're going to be the number one seed because that truly would be crazy. But I'm going to go back to... Yeah, it's very bold. Uh, I'm going to go back to my my thought that the Bulls don't have any backcourt shooting and be optimistic that perhaps they do. And perhaps it is going to be in Rajon Rondo who will shoot at least 40% from three-point range this year. <laughs> Which sounds nuts. Uh, but in Sacramento... He was shooting. He was shooting all right in Sacramento. He shot over thirty percent his last two years. He was, I believe, he was thirty-six and a half percent last year. It's not that far-fetched that if Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade are penetrating and driving, maybe Rondo finally has established a jump shot as a grizzled veteran. And for and and the Bulls' thought of getting younger and more athletic and better shooting actually all happened with Rajon Rondo. You heard it here first yeah. and probably last. Real quick, all right. Bulls wins and losses. Ah, <sighs> I'm. I think they're they're forty two and forty. I think they're going to be the same as last year. Okay. Okay. Lakers wins and losses. Ugh, I mean, it's it. You really can. I don't even. They didn't even break twenty wins last year. I believe they won like in seventeen or nineteen. So you really can only go up. They're not going to win a lot more. The the West is just so stacked. Um, I'll be happy if they even get like uh, a one or two spot improvement in the standings. Um, but I'm going to have to say 29 and 53. I think that's something somewhere around a 10 game improvement. Um, I'm. Uh, at this point, though, it's still like it was last year. Are they going to keep the pick? Are they going to keep the pick? And you got to look and see how many teams are worse than the Lakers, and there's not that many. Maybe the Nets, uh, even even the Kings, you know, I'd say the, the Kings might even be better. So I'm going to be really, really out there and say 29 and 53. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. We'll be uh, – we'll, we'll check back. Maybe around Christmas, and we'll give an update on how we're doing. Maybe the Lakers will be twenty nine and zero by then, and you'll have to yeah. root for them to lose fifty three yeah. in a row to get your pick right. Yeah, and um, maybe I don't know. Let's uh, Mozgov gets that quadruple to double. I was talking about too. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Well, Felipe, thank you so much for joining and chatting some NBA. Can't wait for the season to tip off. Appreciate it, Joey. Good talking to you, man. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, why did the vampire like the lollipop? Because he's a sucker. Get after it today, people. <laughs>